It's ad time, everybody, and this week we have a celebrity endorsement on hand as we introduce our best friend, Sharknado 3's Will Wiley. Hi, I am their best friend, Will Wiley from Sharknado 3 and now Devotion. If you want some deals, go online to their liquor store sponsor at CW Spirits. You can get free shipping if you spend $125 or more. Make sure you use code TTOPOD at checkout for 5% off your entire order. Drink responsibly. Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show was made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash twotownsover. Um, if you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash ttopod. Uh, and if you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. living in the 80s taught me anything if it's bad it must be satan ah joshua shot i am at the goodness As soon as I say the two ingredients of this drink, you're going to know what color it is. Okay, Absinthe and Midori. No. No, I said Backwoods Hicks. I'm, oh. I'm going to assume some sort of cough syrup or moonshine. <laughs> moonshine and Robitussin. NyQuil and piss. Fireball and Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah, that, that makes tracks. sense. That makes sense. That yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, 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 yeah. And I do know what color that is. Guys. Uh, from personal experience. Guys. Yeah. Not that bad. It's dude. fucking... <laughs> not bad. It's honestly. not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? They have they have created some <laughs> some concoctions out there in the backwoods that just really It's really like the meth work. of drinking. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like a bunch of shit that'll kill you, but if you put it all in a cup and, and cook it up, it uh it will also still kill you, but it tastes better. <laughs> oh my god. Do you remember the the trend that was going around like I want to say like maybe 5 to 10 years ago? Maybe even longer, where people were just like, you know, Mountain Dew reduces your semen count. Oh yeah, I remember I that. It, remember and then that. people said it was any green drink, and then yeah, they're like anything you get, like any any Sprite, Mountain Dew, Seven Up, uh-huh. it's gonna reduce the semen in you. Okay, and I was like, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> like now I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I should drink more of that. <laughs> Good. We don't. Good. I don't like. We don't need more Will Wileys in this world. Well, it's not even. Oh, that. we it's do. Just like we don't need more world in this world. If <laughs> we don't need more world in this world, we're good. We're good. We're full. Full up as it is. By the way, I have found my 2023 theme song. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's by a guy named Charlie Classic. Okay. And go on. Um, the song is called Kinky Bitch, and the 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 verse goes. Uh, they say life's a bitch, and I think it's fucking funny. I'm laughing all the time because bitches fucking love me. <laughs> Life ain't gonna stop fucking me and you. So you better learn to smile, been over, and grab some lube. Life's a kinky bitch. Fuck off. <laughs> Lean yeah, over, grab some lube, baby. A, <laughs> my grandmother had a saying. It was, um, 
life's a bitch, and then you die. Uh huh. Yeah. So far, she's been right. <laughs> it's, yeah. I had a theater teacher who wasn't allowed to say that in school, so he would always just say, "Life sucks, then you die." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. life sucks. Get a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could okay. use that advice a long while ago. Before I could wear helmets, my mom dropped me a few times. But anyway. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. too? <laughs> oh, shit. We're recording. Oh, yeah. Listen, we've been recording since we started talking about Mountain Dew. Cold open. I yeah. will say my mom never dropped me, but she did control you a couple times. Uh, well, I'm going to say it was a joint effort between her and a young, not making memories quite yet, very stubborn me. Uh, where, uh, you know, some elbows got dislocated once or twice. It's not, you know, it's no big deal, really. Elbows? Perhaps elbows, maybe a, maybe a shoulder or two. I don't know. Fuck. So, my arms got fucked up, and then I fell down a lot of stairs as, as a, an adult, and my ankles are bad now, too. So It literally just struck me we need another theme song for the show. <clears throat> Do we? Yeah, because since you guys said Satanic Sundays... Uh-huh. I keep thinking of. I want to. I want to point out. Of, Josh was very against that for. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just thinking. I wasn't the biggest fan. I think okay. of it in the 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 tune of Manic Monday by uh, the Bangles. <laughs> just a satanic see, Sunday. Yeah. Oh. See, I was thinking Hanson Mbop. Mm, no? no, well, that is satanic. Mbop, it's Satan. Mbop, <laughs> six 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 and mm, Satan. <coughs> Sound like that. <laughs> so, welcome everybody to our next Satanic Sunday. Um, as you can hear, you're my Satanist. Um, Sugar, baby. <laughs> you know who we are. Let's introduce our guest. <laughs> we have got Sharknado 3's very own Will Wiley in the studio with us again. <laughs> Hi, I am Sharknado 3 is Will Wiley, and now Devotions is Will Wiley. That's the other one I yeah. could not remember. Just came out this past uh, Thanksgiving movie yeah. with a famous Joe Jonas, Glenn wow. Powell, and um, the guy who's playing Kang, uh, the Conqueror oh, in yeah. the Marvel oh, Universe now. I should too. I feel I, he was like five feet from me. Will got three seconds of screen time. L- no, overshadowed by a puma. You, <laughs> holy, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 a big old like flight simulator movie, and <laughs> I'm in a jet like outfit, and they slap this big white puma logo on me, right? Uh-huh. And it's it's like such a it's, it's a dark scene. You can't see anybody in Jonathan the scene. Majors. Jonathan yeah. Majors. That's yeah. him. Yeah. And they put this logo on me. There's a whole story behind this. Can I get into it? Yeah, so real, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Um, so originally, I was not in that like little scene. It's like, again, it's a, like a half second scene. It's like a throwaway. I didn't think I was going to be in the movie. But before that, I was like in the back of the room with just like a neutral jacket on. Didn't matter what I was doing. When I was hanging out with the dude next to me. We were like talking like shit, like just like. If we ditched, do you think anyone would care? Because <laughs> we're like such like a non consequential like pair of just idiots. We're like, yeah, man. It's like it's I, it's a uh, it's St. Patty's weekend. Why don't we just like disappear, go find some beer, and hang out with catering for the rest of the shoot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just sneak away? Uh, that didn't happen because what was going on? What they were filming was just two guys. They were trying to like. Uh, it was a moment where, like, there's one squadron was sitting next to another squadron, and, like, the two guys were like, all right, that squadron, the, the black cats, are going to cover the Tar Heels. And they're supposed to look at each other and look back to their sight line. And that was it. Very simple scene. No, no big deal. The kid 
who had the big fuck off Puma black cat logo on his coat originally, couldn't get it right because he kept looking at the camera. Oh my god! <laughs> he, it was it was, and we're background. Okay, we don't say nothing. You Day get like one. one or two chances, and then you're gone. Yeah, <laughs> they shoot. They they take you out back and shoot you. Listen, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, extras listen. are disposable. As Absolutely. Fun. You gave us your best, but unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and so this scene's going on. They don't give a shit about us. Me and him were just like kind of dicking around in the bag, like blah, blah, blah. and and then suddenly, this woman who is probably one of the the shepherds, you know, a, a background shepherd, <laughs> she picks the, the kid up and says, "Okay." Um, and she's looking around the room. She's looking around, and she sees me, and I'm not paying attention. I don't care. I'm not in the scene at all. And she's like, "You," and I turn. I put my head up. And I'm like. What did I do? <laughs> oh, not, I'm sorry. Did I'm, they hear me? I'm not leaving. I'm not. I didn't do nothing. I promise. We weren't planning on leaving or anything like that. It's fine. It's fine. And there were, remember, like the, the three leads are like right in front of me, <laughs> like these famous people, and they're like, uh, oh, "I'm in trouble in front of the Joe Jonas." No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I want to get kicked off set. Not the most famous Jonas brother. Not him. <laughs> not him. No. Uh, and other than like Nick, I guess yeah. she yeah. ushers me over. She's like, "Come, come, 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 come. Listen, you're not in trouble." And I'm like, "Okay, good." They take this kid. They turn him. And they rip the patch off him and send him into the void. I didn't oh, see this kid man. the rest of the shoot. They at rip all. the patch off him and he dematerializes like Marty McFly in the photo. <laughs> yeah, he just he just gets dusted. Like they like, defeated uh, him in an RPG. He disappears <laughs> like a fucking Fortnite. Yep, he got Thanos oh, snapped just out of his deleted bit by bit. You just see him dissipate. Uh, and they, they throw the patch on me, and they just like, okay, here's your shit. Here's your your all you do is he says you're you're a black cat, and I'm like, I'm a black cat. And he's like, you, sh- <laughs> you hear you hear Tar Heel, you hear black cat. You look over at your boy, and then you look back here, but you don't look at the camera. You don't look at the camera. <laughs> and there's this small green strip right above the camera lens, and I'm like, just look at that. It's like, yeah, all right, cool, action. Black cats and Tar Heels. <laughs> That was it. Yeah. Just to, and what you don't see there is I made a dramatic look to to Ruben. Oh, it was amazing. Done. Yeah, it was amazing. He really sold it, see, and they wh- kept it. What they don't realize is that they were talking to Sharknado 3's Will Wiley. That's what I'm saying, dude. They didn't know I was already professional. Yeah, it was funny. Um, you know what's sorry? Back in Feb or August, uh, my son and I went down to Daytona. There's a vinyl record store there mm. he likes to go to, and I found a Sharknado 3 vinyl soundtrack. <laughs> Yes, I did. I shared the picture with them and almost, but I wasn't going to, I almost bought it, say that, but There's it was like a final soundtrack final soundtrack for Sharknado three. That's mm. maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That's amazing. So, you know, what's crazy to me is that I have been watching this man act for his whole fucking career, yeah. basically. And I don't know, man, it's, I don't know. It's. So interesting to me how to just hear how movies work behind the scenes mm-hmm. from a person who's fucking been there. Oh, it's obnoxious. I hate I hate them. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's I hate consensus films. mostly. The only people I really vibe with on set are none of the background extras. None of them. They all just talk about and uh just li- allegedly. Listen. I don't I don't want to get like barred from doing any more background work, but like come on guys, don't talk about your career like oh, as an actor, I'm with this agency, mm, trying to get into this. Fuck it. We're in Florida weather. It's 80 degrees out. There's barely any shade and we're out here in like big old 
like jumpsuits. Uni- jumpsuits. Yeah. And big, like, heavy jackets. I don't want to talk about the career all the time. Yeah. I want to- what? We're doing the career right now today. I don't need to talk about it while I'm I don't here. want to talk about it, dude. I want to talk about our – look at our lucrative background extra career. Mmm, fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. They even got sick of me because I even briefly mentioned I do stage theater. They're oh, like, oh, God. You're one, of oh them. you're one of them. That's exactly what he said, too. And they kind of, like, stopped talking to me. Go f- hey, listen. That guy specifically and anyone with that attitude, go fuck yourself. If there you the go. Case, go if that's fuck the case, yourself. All you got to do real. is when you introduce yourself, say, hi, I'm stage actor Will Wiley, and nobody will fuck with you again. The rest Absolutely. Of the bring, up, bring up fucking uh, all of the sirs that were in the X-Men movies. You feel me? <laughs> like, every single one of them is a Shakespearean. And tr- stage actor They've first. They've all been knighted, all of them, 100%. Right. There's also, I mean, I think the, my favorite guy I actually vibe with on set, he was a grip, which is just a guy who just like moves like lights and stuff from here to there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I guess on break one moment, and I had disappeared from the background holding, which is what they call it. They just t- all your background holding. extras, they call it background holding. Nice. Yeah. You and I was are like, animals. I was like, I'm going to. Go and I just I just started wandering <laughs> on set. I took off my jacket. I was like, "You stay here, jacket. Don't move." And I wandered. And this guy, this grip, he was just like chilling back, like with with like two kettlebells and just like doing reps. <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, can I get some reps in?" And he was like, "My man." And he <laughs> kettlebell, and we're just like there doing reps and stuff. And I was, it was, I was like, "How long you been doing this stuff?" It's like, oh, like ten years, man. I've been like a a roadie, a grip, and all this stuff. And he was the coolest dude on set. See, but that's how the fuck you get in. You're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna see Sharknado threes and now Devotions, Will Wiley, and Sharknado <laughs> on, six on the goddamn. Yeah. You're gonna get a front billing. He's gonna get that. Six. And if you don't Listen. see me, I'm gonna give me the backstage hanging with my boy Chad with his fucking kettlebells, dude. <laughs> no, but that ass, that's how you get in. That's how you make connections. You don't talk about your fucking career. That's <laughs> and, you, and you go hang out with the people who are doing work behind the scenes who probably go to parties with the big names, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. That's that's the point, guys. That's how you and also just go have fun, man. Go have fun. Hang, hang out with films. people. Don't go talk be about in films. All right. Yeah. So the reason Will is here is because as I researched this man that we're talking about today and next week is every time I saw something I was like oh Will would just die with this 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 is Will shit right here we're and talking I, about sex magic today. we are talking about sex magic and Someone I have a sex. detailed description of yeah. one such sex magic uh-huh. hi so, I just want to preface this I, I don't know what you get into in the in the episodes but um, uh, Crowley the person we're talking about today mm-hmm. uh Mr. Crowley. (laughs) Potentially. I don't know for sure because I only have watched. Once I remembered that we were doing Alistair Crowley, I stopped watching videos about him. Fair. um, So that I could forget most of the stuff. And I have. But one thing that stuck (laughs) out to me is that there is a strong possibility that this dude was into some um, uh, Epstein type shit. Oh. oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I never saw oh. anything about that, but we'll get into that. So, we here at Two Towns Over. <laughs> you never know. We consider ourselves to be a fairly sex-positive group. Oh, yeah. sure. As long as it's between two consenting adults, you do you. But we pale in comparison to today's topic. This man never met Please a cent- huh? don't imply that Aleister Crowley has anything to do with sex positivity. Um, That's arguable. I'm yeah. sure he was positive about sex. Oh, yeah. He was... He loves positively pee. positive that he loved sex. He's probably, he's probably also positive on a few other things. I view <laughs> Aleister Crowley like I view gay people in the 90s. 
kinda. You are in dangerous Deep territory. hot water. Yeah, I know. Be careful with <laughs> your next words. I don't mean literally. <laughs> I just mean in the sense that sometimes you have to be more extreme. And now, again, yeah. Aleister Crowley, <laughs> not exactly. But he was extreme enough that it got other people to take notice. He was on the... I don't even know what the equivalent would be, but he was on some so extreme that some of the other shit that normal people were doing got overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in that sense, what I mean by saying gay people in the 90s is that there are tons of stories of people out there. You can talk to anybody who's gay and above the age of, like, 40. They had to go way harder than they fucking wanted to to get gayness accepted in real society. You know what I'm saying? Like... That's what you got to do. Some people now today, you got to be way more black than they really want to act as far as culturally black to get the idea that being black is okay to be in America. You right. Know? That way, when it's actually toned back, they're like, oh, well, I guess this isn't so bad. I mean, right. it, was, it was a real thing back then where people would legitimately have what was, I guess, called beards back then, where a, a man yes. would, would marry yeah. a woman oh, yeah. and they would both like just to kind of cover the fact that the the, mm-hmm. the man was gay. Yeah. yeah. Um because that was it's not so happy looked upon back then. Yeah. So they'd marry and they, they would were... all have they both have their arrangements and yeah. that was it. They looked good in the society. They just had to hide what they were. So it I guess sucked. what I'm saying is that thanks to Aleister Crowley's fucking sex crimes, other people got to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> like like so. So Crowley never met a sin that he didn't embrace, a drug he didn't take, or a hole that he wouldn't have sex with. Yeah, he's a fucking freak. Yeah, so today we delve into the world of the wickedest man on earth, Aleister Crowley. Now, Crowley was an English occultist, philosopher. I will say that uh, Aleister Crowley did want to summon a demon, which I do also want to do. Fair, I can relate <laughs> yeah. to Aleister Crowley We're on working that. on that. Yeah. Does he know? Uh, do you oh, know we're that we're be becoming certified we're be demonologists? demonologists? I'm like, can you also wait? wait can we all say that at 40. once at the same time? <laughs> yeah. On, on count of three, I want you all to say the same thing to me at the same time. Three, two, one. We're, We're going to be certified, certified demonologists. <laughs> Fucking shit. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Back, back what to is one. the line? Are we doing certified? Are we doing certified? Line. Yeah, we're going to be certified. Okay, okay, back to three. We're going to be certified demonologists? Yeah, go, go with that. Go with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, three, two, one. We're, we're going to be certified, certified demonologists. You had to say become. That's what I said the first time. But he said B, and he said that's the line we're going with. What, yeah. fuck what we're okay, getting we're at be. here, is, ladies and gentlemen, yes. is that we are professionals. Yes. <laughs> As you can tell, we're not even three sentences into the fucking script. <laughs> All right, so he was, he was an English philosopher, <laughs> uh, occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. He f- <laughs> Certified crazy person. Yeah. He founded the he founded the religion of Thelema, identifying himself as the prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into the Aeon of Horus in the early twentieth century. A prolific writer, he published widely over the course of his life. Can I just say what? that's a lot. Uh huh. That's a lot in less than ten seconds. Just, just, to, just to confirm qualification. Just just to confirm, Aleister Crowley, a white guy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The whitest of the white. He's gonna bring Horus to the people of. The whiteness. Yes. Just now it is you're talking about the Egyptian god. And Indeed. You, did, yes. you didn't just mispronounce horse. No, no, no. no okay, no. good. So Alistair Crowley was born Edward Alexander Crowley on October twelfth, eighteen seventy five, okay. to a strict evangelical Plymouth Brethren family in the small resort town of Royal Lemington Spa in Warwickshire, England. Yes, I shall bring I shall bring Egyptian religion sort of kind of to the British. <laughs> 
So oh with sex magic, <laughs> sex magic and horrors, let's go. So the Plymouth Brethren, or Assemblies of Brethren, are a nonconformist Christian movement whose history can be traced back to Dublin, Ireland, in the mid to late 1820s, where they originated from Angelica- Anglicanism. Fucking hell. Ang- Anglicanism? Anglicanism. There you go. Anglicanism. Yes. The group emphasizes sola scriptura, which is the belief that the Bible is the only authority for church doctrine and practice. This means that the congregations do not employ a minister, but rather a committee of elders to run the services. Plymouth Brethren generally see themselves as a network of like-minded free churches, not as a Christian denomination. Because of the Brethren's beliefs, uh, this... Sounds like something a Christian would say. Right, <laughs> I was doesn't just going to say, doesn't as it? a person mm-hmm. who was brought up as both Catholic and Methodist, and very close to baptism as well, um, that does sound like some shit that somebody yeah. in the South would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're because... more like... A group of free-thinking Christians? Yeah. Uh, so because of that belief, uh, this meant that the young Crowley's upbringing was very strict and also very anti-pleasure. So Crowley's oh, father... Yeah, that yeah, would do that. Yeah, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty on the nose for the Christians. What? <laughs> so Crowley's father, Edward Sr., was a retired engineer who owned stock in the family's brewing company, Alton You know what? Ailes. I'm going to start a cult right here, right now. I'm the leader of the cult, the biblically accurate Eldritch Horror. Uh, Reuben and in my cult, mm-hmm. what we believe is, um, fuck bitches get money anyway. <laughs> okay, FBGM, um, FBGM. Thank yep. you. As the great Amen. prophet Amen. Teddy Payne once said, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> so because of uh, the stock in the brewing company, Crowley's family was very well off." Now, despite conflicting stories that claim that Crowley's father was abusive and strict, uh, Alistair maintained an admiration for his father, though most of his life, or through most of his life, and even referred to the elder Crowley as his hero. The elder Crowley. Teddy Payne said, he told his girl about you, and she say you sound straight. (laughs) So, uh, when Alistair was 11 years old, though, his father died of tongue cancer at the age of 58. Tongue (laughs) cancer? Tongue cancer. Any part of you can get cancer. You don't hear about tongue cancer Mm. a whole lot. Cancers of the mouth. So how's when you say some shit, you find out. (laughs) It's ironic, too, because of all the things that Aleister Crowley will do with his tongue later. This is true. So young Crowley also suffered from... The whole alphabet, you might say. So young Crowley also suffered from many illnesses in his childhood, including asthma. When the Plymouth Brethren, or with the Plymouth Brethren teachings keeping him indoors most days, his illnesses increased. After one particularly bad stretch, Crowley's uncle recommended he move to the country with him. Crowley moved in with his uncle. Send, he, send me the boy. By the way, his uncle was Uncle Tom. Oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. Perfect. So Crowley moved in with his uncle. We could have left that out. <laughs> Don't nobody give a fuck about Tom Crowley. Come on over well, here, Crowley. I'll show you how, to, how the country is run. <laughs> I'm your Uncle Tom. Go Shoot sit out there in that damn gazebo. Come on yeah. over here. You. Can we call him Uncle Tommy? Uncle instead? Tommy, fine, whatever. So Crowley moved in with his uncle and began mountain climbing and spending time in the nearby forest breathing uncle fresh Crowley air. Uncle Crowley and, and Alistair. Yeah. Uncle Crowley. So unlike his evangelical parents, <clears throat> Crowley's uncle let him have fun. He would take it. He would take the underage boy to the local pub. Crowley loved being with Uncle Tom. Yes, guys. I can hear that. Already. Uncle Tommy. He would, yeah, he would take the underage boy to yeah, the yeah, local yeah, yeah. pub because he's cool. Him. He's got to be Tommy, not Tom. And would allow him to indulge in alcohol. Sorry, he was like eleven. Uh, it doesn't say his exact age at that time. Allegedly, but, yeah. Shortly after his dad Allegedly. died, so yeah, in yeah. eleven between eleven and fifteen, because at age fifteen, his uncle paid for a prostitute to take the boy's virginity. Sorry, what? 
the way his uncle that's the figured, thing that still happens yes, today. Oh, the way yeah. his uncle figured, the doctor said the boy was going to die soon, so he wanted the young Crowley to experience as much fun as possible before that happened. Huh. That's still kind of fucked. <laughs> but like, sweet. It's only because like, kind of the... wholesome, but like in a very <laughs> like, like there's two reasons why that sucks. In One, a very misguided way. In a very wholesome. Mis- yeah. Yes, wholesome. Intention. The only two but. reasons that I can see for myself that that sucks is one, uh, the history of prostitution, both in the uh, British Isles and America, is rife with um, sh- just terrible, hum- just Hepatitis. inhumane treatment of women yeah. and others. I saw Les Mis, I know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> not much better than that. No, and no. then you were in Les Mis. I was not in Les Mis. You were not in Les Mis. I was never in Les Mis. Shit. We'll no, we that all we did that episode. one review where we did the Les Mis song, but we weren't yeah. in Les Mis. Mm. Yeah. Um, we're all drunk French you've, you've sung enough Les Mis with Mark at the bar in front of everyone. I'm saying a lot of Les Mis at the bar drunk. <laughs> I'm saying a lot drunk. <laughs> I think Les Mis is meant to be sung drunk, in my opinion. Parts it's, of it, at least. The show itself is called Miserable. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Might as well get sloppy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway... Russell Crowe. Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Don't know anymore. Uh, prostitutes. prostitutes. Oh, yeah. And also Human the rights age violations. of the person who yeah, is involved uh-huh. in this story. Yep. Yeah. That's the only two things. You know what's, is it, you know. what's crazy is, um, considering the, the, the time frame, um, it's possible that Crowley, as, an, uh, as a minor, was possibly the same age as the prostitute. I <laughs> was not going to bring that up. Uh, you didn't want to bring it up? Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up. up that's that's it? a little fucked up. But it's, this, you know, it's we're still in the 1800s, right? This tracks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, uh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Just buddy. It's bad. Even, even <laughs> Wait, now, we, we are in what are year? fucking bad. Uh, he was 15, so it was 1890. 1890. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. Oh, yeah. it was in the 90s. That's even worse. Yeah. That's even He's crazy. a 90s kid. <laughs> that's when they had big hair and wore shoulder pads. So, but... Crowley did not die, and in fact, his health did improve. After some time away, Crowley moved back home to live with his mother. That was the first spell. When he got better from alcohol and sex? Yeah. Would right, you? I just, I just want to make sure that's a, that's a note in this podcast yeah. that, that has been said. He, got, he was Listen, healed from alcohol if, and sex. If you get a glass of red wine and a blowjob a day, that shit's real good for your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so so by, the point, by the time Crowley moved back in with his mother, Crowley had come to reject the teachings of the Plymouth Brethren and in fact blamed them for his sickness. Fuck as, Puritans, they made me sick. So as it was their teachings uh, that kept him inside and sequestered for all his early years. Now, speaking on the Brethren, Crowley stated, I had arrived at the conclusion that the Plymouth Brethren was a detestable crew. I wanted sin, supreme spiritual sin, but hadn't the slightest idea how to go about it. Crowley chafed at the idea. He sounds like a neck beard. Well, that's the way I'm going to do it. That's yeah. also a biblically no, a perfect, accurate yeah. uh, rendition of his voice. Uh-huh. Thank you. That's correct. He, he, ba- he definitely has like a mall katana. <laughs> somewhere at his house we'll get to that <laughs> fuck so crowley chafed at he the wasn't idea the only one we know we all we all <laughs> i have, have like three of them still in my room yeah i, oh, had dude. It. I threw mine away like two years I'd... ago because i was like i think it's time i have a sword <laughs> downstairs yes i have i still have two swords i've got a master sword and a big block of uh polyurethane that is shaped like a sword but it's basically a club post <laughs> in the nice. comments how many swords you own <laughs> So um, Crowley chafed at the idea that everything fun was considered a sin. His rebellion has caused his mother to say that he had become the beast spoken about in the book of Revelation. 
and Crowley received one of his first of many nicknames that would continue throughout Bro, the rest of his beast. life. That's all the she beast. called him? The beast. I did want to bring up how bad Aleister Crowley does end up getting at the top, because I am going to make a whole bunch of inappropriate jokes about this person. Oh, I just yeah. want you to know that. Absolutely. I mean, that's my job. Jo- uh, and also my pleasure. But that was, well, that was, was that his rebellion phase? He was called the Beast by his mom? That's when it started. He never yeah. got out of his rebellion phase. I just, I I just wore a bunch of black shirts for Sebastian. <laughs> such a little beast. And he was like, yeah, I am. I'm a beast. His story already makes so much sense. Yeah. Dramatically. Mm. Yep. So he's raised, not allowed to have fun. No, right. no pleasure at all. Right. Goes and hangs out with his cool uncle when he was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets yeah, he, dr- he gets drunk and fucks a whole lot, and uh, then he gets better. So immediately, sex and getting fucked up have cured him. Right. And now he hates the theocracy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fresh air and the physical activity <laughs> that did no. it. It was the drugs and the alcohol and the sex. Although yeah. I really didn't get into it in the script, but he did continue mountain climbing for most of his life. He climbed like the yeah. biggest, tallest mountains. That's just... Really? That's yeah. a side hustle for him. <laughs> it's a side hustle. That's his hobby, and what he doesn't know is that his hobby is keeping him alive and healthy enough to do all the crazy fucked up shit that he ends up doing. So becoming obsessed with the idea of supreme sin. I run 10 miles every day, and then also I, I do rails of coke off hookers' assholes. Like, yeah, that's... As you do. As you do. Yeah. As you do, but like, yeah, you're, those 10 miles are keeping you fucking breathing. <laughs> like... <laughs> So becoming obsessed with the idea of supreme sin, which we all know is sin with sour cream and quack, Crowley began displaying disturbing oh. be- I had to write that. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody else gets to joke. It was it- a perfect joke, Tom. Thank you. No, it was great. Thanks. It was great. Although Taco Bell's idea of supreme is uh, sour cream and tomatoes. tomatoes yeah. yeah. So Crowley began displaying disturbing <laughs> behaviors at an early age. One instance at the age of 14 involved young Crowley attempting to prove the existence of a cat's nine lives. Oh, fuck (laughs) off. In his 1929 book, Confessions, Crowley described how he poisoned a neighborhood cat with arsenic, stabbed it, bludgeoned it, hanged it, and then tossed it out of his bedroom window, excusing it by stating that it was purely in the interest of science. Another instance of Crowley's blossoming hedonism... That that kind of never stops throughout the rest of his life. Oh, good. Oh, good. So another instance of Crowley's blossoming hedonism includes the time at the age of 15 or 16... He had had sex with one of the housemaids on his mother's bed. As Crowley described it. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I'm sorry, come on. but bald if you got it, dog. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, man. Get after it. I mean, the riz on the man. <laughs> <laughs> so Crowley described it again from his book, Confessions. His the maid incident as related in, or, I'm sorry. Whoops. Wow. Something. Uh, I screwed up there. Hold on. I really That's that a Crowley sex wrong. magic, man. Ruben, said, was it yeah. you that Kat and I just had to explain what Riz meant to? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like literally two days ago. Yeah, I shouldn't I be saying a... it. I'm like 31 years old. I know. There's, <laughs> there's no reason I should be saying shit, it. Dude. I uh. think it's lit. So, <laughs> <laughs> the new parlor maid took it into her head to better herself by getting a stranglehold on the young master. I arranged to meet her on the evening out of safe out at a safe <laughs> distance ready. from Stretham, and we drove in a cab over to Hearn Hill, indulging in a mild flirtation on the way. We went to make out point, and yes. I fucked the shit out of her. Indulging in a mild flirtation. A mild flirtation. That's I'm touched definitely my neckbeard shit. 
On Sunday morning, however, I brought things to a point. This reads literally like one of those threads that you see on Tumblr with the fucking asterisks in front of everything. Yeah. uh The role play ones. Yep. Oh, no. Um, I made an excuse. Hashtag uwu or whatever. (laughs) I made an excuse for staying away from the morning meeting, got the girl into my mother's bedroom, and made my magical affirmation. Can you? Sorry. What's up? Can you say Joshua, but with that? Don't as the do inflection, that. 100%. Please? 100%. I've actually made jokes that I do all the dubs for Japanese hentai. You ready? Ah, <laughs> uh, Joshua, chef. I am a the good This is going to be the worst. Isolate that audio for me, please. That's going to be the stinger at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sound. Paired with the picture of you in that, uh, the you know, the one, one-y, onesie. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> fucking balling. I'm so Sorry, I'm, happy. I'm trying to find a picture of Aleister Crowley with red cheeks. <laughs> with uh, like the anime yeah. filter. <laughs> Holy. I had no idea that there would be a, any counterplot, but the girl proceeded to blow the gaff. She was. Is that what course. the kids are Wait, calling it those what days? What is that called? What did he say? Blow the gaff. Blow the gaff? Basically, uh, I'm fairly, that's what he calls I'm it? I'm fairly certain that means run her mouth. <laughs> yeah, the secret. He, she was going to tell. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She was, of course, instantly flung into the street, but she continued her operations for bettering herself. Uncle Tom, me, intervened, of course. Of course, my mother could not discuss such a subject with me at all. I denied the whole affair point blank. My uncle tried to find the cabman, but failed. The scented trouble, they scented trouble from somebody and knew no more than so many Chinamen. Sorry, that's what it says. This the 1890s. Yeah. yeah. He begged me, however, to try to furnish some positive proof of my innocence. And this was where my subtlety came in. I pretended to be in great trepidation. Yes. Speaking of I um, could prove a it. racist term for somebody yet, from China. How could I? <laughs> Fucking Short Round finally got his golden globe. I saw that, yeah. I'm happy with that shit. Hell yeah. Well, I can't remember his name. Hey, uh... uh Key 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 Kwan. I don't know how to pronounce. I haven't seen him in so long. I can't remember how to fucking pronounce it. I looked this up literally yesterday, but it's H E, or no K E, and then it's H U Y, and then it's Kwan is his last name. You know, you know who I really like. Who got? I'm sorry to like continue just derail this, but like Michelle Yeoh finally has gotten some recognition this past year that I'm so happy about because she had to put up with Jackie Chan's bullshit. Love Jackie Chan, but like. Look up her interview. She's like, "Oh, he's, he's a, he's a, he." Oh, she she calls him out on like being like the most like over masculine dude in in uh, Hong Kong cinema. Anyway, every actor you know has a persona. Never meet your idols. Never no. meet your idols. <laughs> Never do. Understand that Jackie Chan is a great actor. He makes awesome movies, and just like a whole bunch of other men who do that same thing. Is kind of a dick. Probably a huge dick. So, um, now there was a rumor that the maid, after she was Also fired, something something money laundering because of the yeah. Panama Papers or some shit. Yeah. After she was fired because of her <laughs> fling with Crowley, there was a rumor that the maid would go on to become the first victim of none other than Jack the Ripper, Mary Ann Nichols. Wait. <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. Jonathan Key Kwan yeah. is a is a... He's what is he is known by as well. But there is no evidence to point to that conclusion. Now Crowley did claim that he knew the identity of Jack the Ripper and claimed it was none other than Madame Helena Blavatsky. Yeah, I actually I just saw that. Yeah. Claiming that she felt that she killed to fulfill the needs of her magical rituals. 
Now, Crowley would go on to spend his youth studying philosophy and poetry and would later write about his useful misadventures abusing cocaine and exploring his sexuality in local brothels with both men and women. Blavatsky is another one that we're going to have to talk about at some point. Not necessarily for Satanic Panic, but at some point we got to talk about Blavatsky. I'm so sorry. I was in a cue hole, and by that I mean I was looking up shit about Quan. And um, (laughs) (laughs) everything, everywhere, all at once is a movie that I somehow never heard about and should have seen three times. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. It looks awesome, and I'm going to watch it probably today or tomorrow. Do it. So as a student at Trinity College at the University of Cambridge, he began to use the name Alistair. Also, he just accused the woman that he was sleeping with uh, and fired uh, of using him as a ritual subject? No. No. He claimed, no, the woman was fired because of what happened. Uh And it was a rumor that she was actually the first victim of Jack the Ripper. She, he, he says that he knew the identity of Jack the Ripper and said that it was Madame Blavatsky. Who is another famous person who was using the victims as ritual? How old is this kid right now? Was like seventeen, fifteen, or sixteen? I think. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, between fifteen or sixteen when that happened. But then he later said that he knew Jack the Ripper and all that. That was later. Fucking dumb. So what a. (laughs) Were you about to say what a cuck? No. no, we've already got that. I was going to say done. cocksucker, but then I realized uh, it was just kind of true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he began to use the name Alistair due to it fitting the formula for the most favorable name for becoming famous, according to Kabbalistic sacred numerology, also known as Gematria. I, ha I, I forgot yes. Gematria makes a. Are you still on the page? Here. Yes. Ha ha! Cool. Sick. He, can, what is Gematria? That is the belief that everything has a numeral connection to it. It's numerology, numerology. but crazier. Yeah, that, yeah. So like, oh, I love that. Things are tied together. So like, what was it? Uh, someone that just recently died. The Queen. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The Queen died. Yes, was... but the way you delivered that was oh. beautiful. <laughs> someone she just recently died. It was a little famous. Oh, the Queen. Yeah. She died. It was 73 days or 93 days after her 93rd birthday. And it all... and and. The royalty equals the number 93. So 93, it's all tied together. Yeah, QAnon is really big on Gematria. Oh, my God. Didn't Jim Carrey have a movie about that? Uh, 23. Everything's 23. Yeah. It's all 23. But they believe... Literally, I pulled up the fucking Gematria Facebook page to show Will something. As soon as you guys said the number 23... (laughs) The year of the... What does it say? The year of the skull and bones. Jesus, fuck. (laughs) What is... Oh, it's 2023. Oh, look yep. at that. I'm going to watch so, that Jim Carrey movie just out of revelation. Of it. I, f- I remember thinking that movie was pretty okay. So, I don't know shit else about it. It came out after Truman Show, so no one cared. No one so, it. he also gained a reputation for skill. Sight pet detective. For his skill at chess, which has no bearing on the rest of the story. I just figured we could have one normal thing to say about the man. But also, he was the good one at chess? about him he being good God. at chess. During his time at Cambridge, Crowley fell in love with a classmate by the name of Herbert Jerome Pollitt. Very few people knew at the time that Pollitt had a secret life, dressing up as a woman and performing at various nightclubs under the name Diane de Rouget. Whoa. Yeah. Crowley wrote many letters to Pollitt filled with anguish about his wish to be with him. Do you have what they were called back in the day? No. Because there was, there was a different name for it, but it's a... It's, it would be a drag it, show, right? It basically drag queen. That's awesome. Um, but they called them like female impersonating actors or something mm. like that. So, and it was a Shakespearean tradition. Yeah. So this budding bisexuality. Which, you know what? Live your fucking life, dude. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I like. I like that. Fucking I mean, go they, off. They're not wrong. 
So this budding bisexuality would be yet another reason Crowley would come to reject Christianity. He had become obsessed with the prospect of hidden knowledge. His own inheritance left him free to travel widely and to arrange for the publication of his writings. His first book of poetry appeared in 1898, and numerous books followed. He was also obsessed with the idea of secret societies. And in his research, he discovered the idea of an invisible college where the concepts of magic and mysticism were taught to anyone who was able to find the entrance and he was very, and he very much wanted to be a part of that school. This motherfucker invented. I know Hogwarts. you're thinking. I, he invented I knew you were thinking it. I was fuck. Yep. I, as soon as you said invisible college, I went. Both of these motherfuckers yep. are about to say it's, something about platform sexy, nine and three quarters. It's sexy Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's literally. You've got to have a nine and three quarter that you stick. find on DeviantArt. <laughs> nine and three quarter. Well, I mean, everyone wants <laughs> to find. Fuck up. <laughs> everyone wants to find like that cool place. Like you need a password to get into, and it's like. Oh, this is a cool place, dude. Uh, every even nowadays, people like made bars just for that. Oh yeah, speakeasies, fucking so so pretentious. Yeah, it's the oh, it's most so... pretentious thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. And then you go in and you pay like twenty three dollars for a Jameson, a single <laughs> drink, and it's not even worth it. Like, do you want your do you want egg whites on top of your drink? Uh, how much am I paying? Twenty seven dollars. Yeah. Uh, whatever yeah, that includes, I guess. What, whatever that if is, it, is it good? No, no, no. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, you're good. Put it on there. Do it. And yep. It's like, dude, I had to flush a urinal to get in here. Like, <laughs> I had to flush a urinal and then tell a blind guy a password. I and had to then... solve a quadratic equation and then arrange some books on a bookshelf to get in this bitch. Yeah. Right. So why the fuck? <laughs> I had to read a Crowley poem out loud. To get access oh, to, my, to my mom. Are there like, Crowley poems? There will be Crowley poems. Mm. I have two. One is his most infamous, and another one I brought up that I have to read just because I brought it up a couple weeks ago. But anyways, well, I'm excited. so this search led him to I don't know what he's some, talking about, but oh. I'm excited. So this search <laughs> led him to someone who would introduce him to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This Such a good where... name. It sounds like your fucking Isn't enemies in Assassin's from, Creed um, fucking praise the Skyrim? sun. That is Skyrim or Morrowind. Yeah, it's there's Sky- yeah, that's there's the Golden Dawn is Skyrim. Yeah, it's Skyrim. I knew yeah. I heard it's it. a Isn't legitimate that... like RPG thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, more commonly the go- called the Golden Dawn, was a secret society devoted and to then the there's study. Also, the Golden Company from uh, um, George R. R. Martin's joint, A Song mm-hmm. of Ice and Fire. So it was a secret society devoted to the study and practice of occult hermeticism and metaphysics during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Can I just say that the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn is hogged? You want to get hogged today, dude? (laughs) You want to go get some hogged? That's a good code word. That's a good good code code word. word. No one's going to know. You want to get some hogged today, dude? How would they know? How how would they know? They're 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 not going to know. They're They're going to know. They're not going to know. <laughs> How would they know? So known as a magic, magical order, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was active in Great Britain and focused its practices on theurgy, which is the practice of rituals used to summon deities and spiritual development. Now, many present-day concepts of ritual and magic um, that are at the center of contemporary traditions, such as Wicca and Thelema, were inspired by the Golden Dawn. Man, I can't even summon a deity in D&D. (laughs) (laughs) Which became one of the largest single influences on 20th century Western occultism. Then your DM is lame as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So so the three founders, uh, Dr. William Robert Woodman, William Wynne Westcott, 
And more importantly for our story, Samuel Liddell, also known as McGregor Mathers, hey, were I Freemasons. Wonder, I wonder if he's related to the My Pillow guy, Mike Liddell. It's Lindell. <laughs> oh, Lindell. Yeah, there's an N in, in oh, okay. dumbasses. Like name. Elden Ring. Go yeah. <laughs> so uh, they were all Freemasons. <laughs> Such a deep fucking cut. Like oh my Mike God. Liddell, I think. Yeah. Holy shit. I was like, what name is he about to say? So the the Golden Dawn had a few famous members among its ranks, including Bram Stoker. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh Sir, Arthur, Con- Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh? Playwright Arnold Bennett. Famed scientist Robert Lovecraft in it? No. Oh, that's a different one. An esteemed poet, W.B. Yeats. Now, the initial purpose of the Golden Dawn... Bro, Bro, say all of those names again. William Butler Yeats. Um, I hate there's so many Williams in this. (laughs) Bram Stoker, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. (laughs) Look, I have an obligation. That's okay. You have to join. Dracula. I I think you're already in. And Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Mm -hmm. I've already Uh, been hogged. (laughs) Playwright Arnold Bennett, who I've never heard of. I don't know. Famed scientist Robert Felkin and esteemed poet William Butler Yeats. The initial purpose of the Golden Fucking Dawn, a. which was an offshoot of Rosicrucian Freemasonry, was to allow further study and practice of the Kabbalah, which is a form of Jewish mysticism. Kabbalistic teachings you speak of multiple realms between the three-dimensional physical world we reside in and the Godhead at the top of the Tree of Life, representing enlightenment and full consciousness. Similar to the world tree y- y- Yagdrasil, Yggdrasil in Norse mythology, the Kabbalah tree of life depicts multiple realms and dimensions as reflections or sephiroths of the Godhead represented in the macro and micro cosms of the universe. Um, <laughs> will, will, I'm so bad. Because so Final bad. Fantasy exists. You <laughs> <laughs> said sephiroths and like that was the first thing I was like, oh, I know that. That's a character from Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> He's you you cool immediately guy. hear the boss music. <laughs> so also, uh, the magician's nephew is the one of the. Um, well, if you buy the box set, it's the first Narnia book, but it wasn't right. the first one that was written. I don't think, but mm-hmm. um, it basically does the same shit. Where it's just a, a forest, a wood with a bunch of pools reflective pools in there and you could just jump into one into a different world and mm. it just so happens that they go to narnia <laughs> oh, good so yeah so th- the sephiroth of the godhead represented the macro and microcosms of the universe as above so below as the universe so the soul everybody got that probably not getting there as with yogic mysticism's ideas of chakras the kabbalah holds that these points of energy on the body represent the sephiroth on the tree of life and are the keys to assessing higher realms. Now, practitioners of the Kabbalah believe that these realms hold higher consciousness and enlightenment that can be understood and attained through the study of synchronicity, sacred geometry, and numerology known as gematria. Sacred geometry. Yes, that is a thing. The the whole uh, Fibonacci sequence, the golden ratio. Ah. Yeah. Most of my generation knows it from Rob Deerdeck. Sacred (laughs) geometry. I know it from Tool. What? Yeah, uh, Rob Deerdeck was really big on sacred geometry for a little bit. Really? So is the uh-huh. drummer from Tool. He yeah. actually has his drum kit set up in a sacred geometry I'm pattern. I'm familiar with the, 
so basically sacred geometry is just a very specific subset of just geometry. Right. Yes. It's, yeah. It's, so it's I like know all of those things from, yeah. yeah. Think of a square. I know that from number file on YouTube and other <laughs> things like it. Uh, one, uh, two blue, one brown or whatever. Shit like that. So taking to these Eastern mystic Eyes. philosophies and combining them Something, with Gnosticism. I don't know, man. It's alleles in your genes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. So taking to this Eastern mystic philosophies and combining them with Gnosticism, the Golden Dawn practiced to invoke and conjure spiritual entities by using magic and the ultimate goal of perfecting the self. Crowley was ecstatic and took to the teachings like none before him had and moved quickly through the ranks of enlightenment. Hey! So it's the fucking, it's the Satanic Panic series. We fucking, we talked about it for so long and we want to do something extra special for it. So from now, the time you're hearing this until the end of January-ish, I don't know, maybe we'll be loose about it. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're, we're winging it out here like I'm winging this little advertisement for you. Zero plans. Zero plans. And uh, so right now, until the end of January-ish, any new patrons or upgraded patrons, patrons who are already at the max tier, don't worry, you're already included, you're getting this. Any new patrons or patrons who upgrade their pledge during this time frame are going to get a, for free, give us your address because we want your address. And we will send you a Satanic Panic t-shirt. It's the it's with the new logo with the pentagram on it, the one that you're seeing on the, the feed right now. For the series, um, get that logo on a T-shirt. We want to get those out to you guys as soon as we can. We're gonna get them special made specifically for you guys. So, new patrons, upgrading patrons, and current twenty-dollar patrons, send us on Patreon your shirt size and where we can send the T-shirt. Whether it's uh, your actual address, which we want, or a PO box, so that we don't have to know where you actually live. Give us that information, and we will get you your T-shirt. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> After his initiation in 1898, he assumed the name Frater Peter... Perter... Point at it. Perturabo. Perturabo. Frater Perturabo. Perturabo. Which translates to, I will endure to the end. I don't believe you. Why? Because that sounds like some shit that a college student would get tattooed on them in kanji that they think means strength, but it actually <laughs> means like monkey testicles or some shit. I'm just, this is what it is. It means perturabo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what it means, perturabo. In 1898, Crowley met with McGregor Matthews, or Mathers, one of the three founders and leader of the Golden Dawn. Mathers was considered the leader because he was supposedly in touch with the entities known as the Secret Chiefs. The Secret Chiefs? <laughs> Mathers had spent many years translating one of the oldest and most well-known books on magic, The Key of Solomon. He also wrote a book that he stated the Kabbalah revealed to him called The Book of Sacred Magic of Amarillion the Mage. Or, I'm sorry, Amramelin, Amramelin the Mage. Ooh. This sounds like a dope fucking campaign to play through. <laughs> it does. It, it, the more you go into this, the more it just sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> it really does. It's well, like these nerds hadn't invented Dungeons and Dragons yet, so they made a cult. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, 
It is literally like that. Like it's Are you about to say that Crowley invented Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> this no. might not be too far. I th- I literally think like peop- groups of people have been playing like role playing games for yeah. forever, but making secret societies. Mm-hmm. Right. I I think that that creative outlet, anything in extreme repression, can get way out of hand very quickly. And I think that the ideas of trying to create these worlds and things, you don't have an outlet for that. For that, So you end up making a goddamn cult because you start to believe this, this crazy shit that's in your head, you know? Especially oh, yeah. when you're on drugs and whatnot, as we find out soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So the book introduced the idea of good and black magic, stating that the good magic was superior. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben. I know. You, you're, <laughs> that's what make sure we both heard the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, the good magic was superior. It's not like good and bad magic, right? You didn't it's good and pretty, black. That's it's how good. We were, and, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure I heard and that. And that right. through purely, they hadn't literally invented the word white yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that through pure living and prayer, a practicing magician could call upon his guardian angel and harness and use the forces of the darkness. Mm-hmm. So the sacred magic of Vibramaline the Mage came from a series of manuscripts that date themselves to the years 1458 and describes the mage Abramaline of Worms journey through Egypt sharing the secrets of his magic with his son. The Abramaline ritual is described in the text as an elaborate rite to contact the mage's guardian angel by first binding and commanding the 12 dules of hell in one's own mental universe thereby banishing their negative influence from the practitioner's body and soul. Y'all ever watch Yu-Gi-Oh? Mm-hmm. This sounds a lot like one of them, like, arcs. <laughs> so not only did Crowley invent D&D, but also Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm pretty right? sure. It's time to do some sex magic. So the end result, gifting the magicians, the magician with spells of invisibility. The dark magician? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Invisibility, hypnosis, and wealth. Now, Crowley became so obsessed with performing the ritual that he bought a house on the shores of Loch Ness with the sole purpose of performing the ritual. Oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) I forgot that this man was also into exhibitionism. So, uh, he's rich. Looking out at the. Yeah, he's an Englishman in the 1890s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's looking out at the Loch Ness like, bet I could fuck that monster. <laughs> by the way, this house is the house that was eventually bought by Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. Nice. Yeah. And I want to say that's where they recorded Led Zeppelin for. I'm not, don't quote me on that. Anyways, that's, awesome. that's why there's so much evil with Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, that's why. The ritual requires 18 months of preparation and a six-month cleansing period where the magician must keep his body and mind pure of altering substances, sex, and sin to contact their guardian angel. Damn, so he like was actually capable of not? Well, knowing Crowley's penchant for sin, this would be a challenge for him. <laughs> the, in- <laughs> the next sentence, Josh. <laughs> he joshed himself. I do it all the time. It was during... <laughs> It was during Crowley's conducting of the Abramelin. It's, it's so crazy. What it is is he... I'm always one step ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It literally, whenever he writes the script, it happens a lot. Yeah, because yeah. he's so excited. Mm-hmm. But but when it, 
<laughs> oftentimes he'll say something out of the blue, and I'm like, and I just go, yeah. <laughs> I showed so much restraint on the scripts that I wrote for Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So um, it was during Crowley's conducting of the Bromeline ritual that he was summoned by Mathers back to Paris during the height of tensions between members of the Golden Dawn. Crowley quit the ceremony before its completion, which is considered problematic. By doing so, Crowley opened himself up to possession. Oh, that's problematic. (laughs) That's the most problematic thing. (laughs) Leaving behind um, months of preparation, Crowley returned to Paris to find the Golden Dawn in shambles. Yates and the other members of the society had disapproved of Mather's permission of Crowley to conduct the Abramelin ritual, in no small part due to Crowley's reputation as a vulgar and pornographic poet. What is the ritual? Did they ever describe they that? They never described this, this ritual. So he's doing this ritual on the Loch Ness, yeah. where Nessie's just lying in wait. <laughs> waiting for her tree fitty. Waiting for her tree fitty. <laughs> and and you know they never describe what, no. what the ritual pertains. No. That's terrifying. Yeah. Just that it's dangerous. It's dangerous in a months and long obscene. process. Yeah. So, and and he has to not fuck, do drugs or drink for, for eighteen months. Eighteen. No, months. six months. I'm six sorry. months. Uh, and also, I think this is the one where not finishing the ritual is the issue. Right. Yeah. So, so there's he, another one later that is about a demon that is doing it is yeah. the issue. Oh, good. So unfortunately for Crowley, the Golden Dawn turned out to be a disappointment. He believed that they were just playing at magic. They weren't hot enough. Yeah. (laughs) That they actually weren't interested in learning anything in the ways of mysticism. He clashed with W.B. Yeats and decided that he was going to take over the Golden Dawn. Now, it quickly became apparent that Crowley made Yeats and the other members of London chapter uncomfortable with his interpretations of their practices. Now, this did not sit well with Crowley. Anticipating a confrontation with Yeats, Crowley consulted with McGregor Mathers, Mathers advised Crowley... Every time you say McGregor, I picture that stupid motherfucker with a goddamn gorilla on his chest. Conor McGregor? Yup. Yeah. I know he could kick my ass, and I don't give a shit. (laughs) Fuck you, Conor McGregor. Here, think of... of Ewan McGregor. There you go. That's Thank better. Oh, hey, good. that's yeah. way better. Thanks. It's a lot better. Good call. Yeah, Obi-Wan nice. Kenobi. Good that. shit. I know that. <laughs> so Mathers advised Crowley of spells that could convert other Golden Dawn members into siding with Crowley. He also recommended that Crowley dress in Celtic garb for some reason. Now, Crowley and Yates both believe... <laughs> Bro, it would be so sick if you were in a kilt, dude. <laughs> Bro, put that skirt on, dude. So Crowley and Yates both believe that their occult skills could have real-world effects. Crowley wanted to take the Golden Dawn's top secret papers and was prepared to use whatever was necessary to do so, including magic. Mm-hmm. Shit, he's going to steal from the Vatican, basically. <laughs> about to steal a declaration of independence, dude. <laughs> Though he also... I'm picturing Crowley as Nicolas Cage yeah. from this point forward. So <laughs> would you put it past him? <laughs> so he also... Was it's ar- sex <laughs> magic! So he oh, was also man. armed with daggers. When Crowley arrived at the London headquarters on Blythe Road, a physical confrontation ensued. He was armed with daggers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah! And while I could describe it in my own words, nothing could do the events that occurred justice more than the words of Yates biographer Richard Ellman. Good. Equipped accordingly in Highlander's tartan, with a black crusader's cross on his breast, with a dirk at his side and a skin dew on his knee. A dirk? Yes. Okay. What the Make- hell's a skin dew? Wow. Uh, some kind of blade, I guess. Neat. Making the sign of the pentacle inverted and shouting menaces at the adept, adepts, Crowley climbed the stairs. But Yates and two other magicians came re- resolutely forward to meet him, 
ready to protect the holy place at any cost. Yeah, how do you say, and magicians, <laughs> and magicians engaged with him <laughs> without laughing. That is, I practice a lot. When Crowley came within range, the forces of good struck out with their feet and kicked him downstairs. <laughs> they just kicked him? Yes. Now, in layman's terms... <laughs> The magicians came yes, out the and magi- they beat this motherfucker. No, so, man, they didn't cast no, no dark magician magic at him. They, they did a goddamn drop they kick. Just, <laughs> so fucking WWE'd him downstairs. In layman's terms, the group had a wizard's battle where Crowley tried to ascend the stairs to the upper rooms. But Don't was call it wizards now. Don't call it, <laughs> you, we've come this far with just magicians. This is a, ma- a magician battle. He was held back by Yates and a few other members. They continued hurling curses at each other until Crowley reached the top of the stairs, whereupon Yates Spartan kicked him back down the oh stairs. Oh, my God. The police were called, and Crowley was barred from returning to the temple. And though it sounds ridiculous in hindsight, the event came to be known as the Battle of Blythe Road. Fuck, Fuck off. That's, they're so just stupid. screaming shit at each other up and down some stairs. Yes. Oh my your mother. <laughs> I curse you with the curse of a thousand darknesses. A counter charm. I'm rubber. You're glue. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! They they were larping. Yes, yes. <laughs> they were straight up larping in a church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fireball! Fireball! I cast counter spell. Shield. <laughs> Holy shit, that's... And then someone just straight up did what I've always wanted to see in Harry Potter, which is just someone deck someone yeah. else. I don't care about your, your your curse. What if I just <laughs> crack you one? <laughs> that's what my thing is, is like... So technology doesn't work at Hogwarts, but combustion still does, which means a gun works. And Voldemort can't say Avada Kedavra faster than... Like, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like he would lose to a musket. <laughs> yeah, to even I would say stab him. A stab fucking him. ninja star would take Voldemort out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing things at me. A rock could take his ass out. You <laughs> <laughs> just gotta interrupt. Just punt just a rock and then cut his fucking throat. Like throw uh, shit at him. What the hell he's doing? He's gonna do fucking brand that would surprise him enough that he would stop doing the curse. Yeah. yeah. I ask him a question. Like, Avodica, did, did you just take your dick out? Did you take your dick out? It's huh? my special wall. No, this is my Avodica. <laughs> like, holy. So Yates and prominent members of the Golden Dawn condemned Crowley's methods and subsequently disbanded, leaving the order to a devoted few. Now that there was no magical society to hold him back, Crowley dove headfirst into black magic. So Crowley's journey to the dark side began with a number of expeditions. I hear he's down with the... Anyway, he's down with the dark side. So, from an uh, Asana yoga retreat with Golden Dawn member Alan Bennett, Ruben, to he, perfor- hasn't, he hasn't gone back. To performing sex magic <laughs> he rituals. Never did. He never did. To performing sex magic rituals with a housemaid in Mexico to make himself invisible. <laughs> <laughs> no! So, uh, Cra- uh. Crowley stated. In Mexico, too, I made my first experiments in acquiring invisibility by invoking the god of silence. Fucking nerd! <laughs> like, 
Oh. By invoking the god of silence, Hippocrates, by the proper ritual in front of a mirror, I gradually got to the stage where my reflection began to flicker like the images on one of the old-fashioned cinemas. You're just fucked up. Curly really, really said, it's like, um, magic, mira chupa, mira chupa. <laughs> vamos, vamos. Si, si, si. <laughs> it never disappeared completely. In fact, the experiment showed me that I was on the wrong track. Success lay not in an optical disappearance, but in the power of fascination, having eyes they not see. However, that may be, I was able to walk out in a scarlet and gold robe with a jeweled crown on my head without attracting any attention. They could not see me. This was the beginning of an art which stood me in great stead in Calcutta years later. Okay, I've never, I don't know if you guys have ever been to New York City, but there's always that crazy crackhead on the edge, on like the corner. That of thinks like, no one can see them. That, that's it, man. He, he's fucking yelling shit. He's screaming <laughs> at people. And he's just like, you don't know what he's saying, but he's yelling. At he's you. saying things and he's, he's pointing at you. But are you going to look at him? No, no, you don't look no. at, exactly. So this man's so he walking around the streets of Mexico wearing a crown uh-huh. and a robe, and say, "Oh, they don't notice me." Don't look, don't look, don't look, <laughs> honey. <laughs> just keep walking. Don't, so, don't look. Vamos, don't vamos. look at him. Don't uh, look at him. Vamos, vamos. So vamos, during, amiga. Cállate, cállate. <laughs> during his excursions with Bennett, Crowley began using mind-altering drugs like cocaine, opium, and hashish to increase his mental powers. It also began that went. In an odd order. Well, it doesn't really. Yeah, just. I know cocaine's not really a. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah. I should be able to do magic by now. You should. Fucker. <laughs> we just haven't LARPed enough in, yeah. in yeah, churches. I just wasn't LARPing hard enough. He yeah. also began in earnest to perform a black magic ritual in the Algerian desert. Grown with... men. I just want you to know. Yeah. This. yeah. Grown yeah. members of society. Yes. Like mm-hmm. famed members. This is William Butler Yates. Yeah. This is the motherfucker mm. who wrote. Goddamn uh, Sherlock Holmes yeah. and fucking Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he began a black magic ritual in the Algerian desert with an obsessed pupil by the name of Victor Ner- Newberg. Victor Nerdberg. Nerd. Nerdberg. <laughs> a, fellow, a fellow poet from Cambridge who had fallen in love with Crowley. Now, Crowley saw Newberg as someone weak who could be easily exploited. He subjected Newberg to various sadomasochistic sex acts under the guise of transcendental meditation. Sounds like he's fucking Albert fishing him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is a nerd. Which his... is kind of similar to catfishing, but yeah. not quite. In his later magical records, he, <laughs> uh, that look. Newberg would go on to describe acts of discipline that Crowley would invoke upon him. From tying him up and striking him with switches in the middle of the night to a That's ten... literally Albert Fish. Yeah. He to made a... me call him daddy. <laughs> to a 10-day solitary isolation period in a room with no windows. In a particularly intimate ritual in northern Africa, they walked for two days in the Saharan desert until they reached the point of exhaustion. Bro, the casual money that these motherfuckers have. Oh, I know. Just traveling. Just going places. For Fuck. just for no reason. Bought yeah. a house on the Loch Ness and then said... Uh, Six months later, I was in Africa. Like, yeah. yep. what off. is happening? <laughs> Especially in that time period. Like, you weren't flying there. No. No, you were, like, going boat. on a boat. Yeah. yeah. So, high on hashish and mescaline, they began the ritual to oh. summon uh, Taranzan, the dweller of the abyss. Okay. I'm going to say, if you're on mescaline, you totally can summon that. <laughs> you can summon whatever you want. Yeah. 
uh, a being seen within the occult world as the devil himself. Now, Taranzan is said to be controlled by the goddess Babylon. Tarzan? Yes, who resides in the Sifiroth realm called Bana. Tron- you said Tarzan, and now this god to me is, is Tarzan? Uh, no George, George of, of the, the Jungle. jungle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Strong as he can be, dude. Yes. So Tron- so glad you went there. I was gonna think of Phil Collins, yeah. like for the, <laughs> made the Tarzan album, dude. No, what the what the fuck is his name that played George of the Jungle? Brendan uh, Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yes. Why do we all it's know Brendan that? Because we love Brendan Fraser. Because Brendan Fraser's the best. He's yeah. so good. And he just did the the, the one the about the whale. Yeah. 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 That was. So just take a moment it, and just appreciate Brendan Fraser. I want to watch it because it's going to make me cry. <laughs> mm. So Charanzon is described as being as a being of chaos and disorder, which is one of the best Prince albums, by the way. Having no form, swirling senselessly into haphazard heaps of dispersion, and that to invoke and conquer the demon is to eradicate one's own ego. Did mm-hmm. you write that about the Prince album in the script? No. no? It's just me saying Off it. the cuff? It's okay. one of my favorite Prince albums, Chaos and Disorder. As you've told me that before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought you might have written it. No. I can't believe that something called Chaos and Disorder is one of your favorite <laughs> So using himself as a conduit to manifest Charanzon, Crowley accounts in his book, Enochian Sex Magic, mm-hmm. that the demon took multiple forms during the ritual. And at one point, Hmm. Morphed into a nude Alistair and attempted to attack Newberg. This and is the this is the exact wait. same as the the invisible realm shit from Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. Where like and, and then and then that person who's sitting right there is also currently right now pinching me. Right. Mm-hmm. You just and, can't see them because I'm the one afflicted and only I can see it. And you are being assaulted by someone who looks like me. Yes, but it's not me. But it's not me. It's a nude version. <laughs> I've never been nude in my life. Alistair Crowley is a never will. nude. <laughs> so in response to the attack. Signed no nudity clause, but for life. <laughs> in response to the attack, uh, Crowley and Newberg built a magic circle out of stone as a protective sigil. Within the circle, in an offering to Pan, the Greek god of hedonism, Alistair and Victor sodomized each other to rid themselves of the ego that Charanzon had attached himself to. Sure. So they, 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 they fucked. Yeah. They did some nasty stuff and they did some I, nasty I stuff. Believe, <laughs> yeah, I do believe that is what happened, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, good for them. Yeah, and I guarantee you it was Charlie <laughs> that said, we need to do this because that's oh, the only yeah. way to cleanse ourselves. 100%. Mm-hmm. So this ritual would lead, Crowley, would lead Crowley to conclude that sex was the most powerful kind of magic there was. And would consider sex all but mandatory from that moment on. Crowley spent like two days dur- during that walk through the desert. Like, how do I get in this dude's butt? Yeah. There's and then yeah. it finally hit him when he took that mescaline. Mm-hmm. The mescaline was There's like, a literally... LARPing, I know. No, it's like literally <laughs> this guy is just a repressed kid who got addicted to sex. Yeah. Yeah. And then also had too much money then was good for him. Yep. Yeah. So he yeah. became a... Terrible, manipulative person. Newberg, on the other hand, never quite recovered from the experience and would wind up a broken shell of a man. Oh, no. <laughs> Shortly after returning to England in 1904, man. Crowley almost immediately returned to Paris, where his magical dealings outside of the Golden Dawn had brought him new friends. Using his already established connections from Cambridge, Crowley surrounded himself with aristocrats and high society artists that he met mostly through famous artist Sir Gerald Kelly. Now, Kelly was one of the few people that Crowley allowed to join him at Bolskin, which was his name of his home in Scotland. These visits allowed Crowley to be introduced to Kelly's free-spirited sister, Rose Edith Kelly. Now, Rose quickly became fascinated with Crowley's stories of adventure 
And while she didn't really care about his magical dealings, she found him intriguing. Within days of Red meeting, here, hot. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Within days of meeting, Crowley and Rose would elope to keep her from being married off in an arranged marriage. Ah, uh, ooh, I lied. Red here. An opportunity to get away from some jackass. Yeah. Yep. So on their honeymoon in Cairo, Crowley spent most of his time introducing Rose to two of his greatest friends, Hashish and Peyote. <laughs> Rose herself was already addicted to opium. Oh, fun. Cool. Yeah. Now they're ex- oh, fun. Their extended stay in... E- well, I found out later, I didn't put it in here, one of the treatments for asthma back in the day... Was opium. Was opium. Yeah. Wasn't it just... That was the treatment for most things? It was yeah. Like meth and opium? And much. heroin. And heroin. Yeah. Well, opium yeah. is heroin, so. Yeah. Ah, Same yeah. plant. So, Rose herself was already... Oh, yeah, right. Their extended stay in Egypt climaxed when Crowley... With Crowley oh? bringing Rose to the Great Pyramid to perform a ritual. You wrote mm-hmm. climax you, you in there. Knew, yeah, I was going to say, you wrote the word climax. Um, you knew what you, you were knew doing. What you were I didn't doing. mean to emphasize it the way I did. Of course. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's underlined. And <laughs> it's underlined. Italicized. It's italicized. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's in a different color. 19 than, font. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, the whole page actually yeah. is just the word climax. <laughs> so the ritual. <laughs> in, in wingdings. Mm-hmm. Like 72 font or some <laughs> shit. So the ritual was that was one added to the key of Solomon by McGregor Mathers by McGregor Mathers during his translation called the Bornless Ritual or the Headless Ritual. This black magic ceremony was similar to the Abramelin ritual with its main purpose being to summon the magician's guardian angel and commanding the demons of the Goetia. This is Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> so, it's just Yu-Gi-Oh! This dude, they're so close to having Exodia on the board. There's uh, like two hands away. Well, technically, yeah. you would have to say that Yu-Gi-Oh is this because this nah, came no, before no, no. you. Canonically, Yu-Gi-Oh is literally an ancient Egyptian king. Okay, mm-hmm. no, still. So, but the show was not written back in the 1800s. No, you it's being know. written right now <laughs> as his man lives his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this yep. spell serves as something of a declaration to the spirit realm, pro- pro- proclaiming one's <laughs> own divinity to the many Abrahamic and Egyptian <laughs> deities such as Lilith, Ra, and King Baal. Unlike, did you know Ra is an Egyptian god card in Yu-Gi-Oh? No, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to make sure you know the lore of Yu-Gi-Oh as we continue this. So yeah. please. This is exactly is the one same. of his lower deities called the Sisboomba? Uh no, you Only to... if you use Toon World. If you use <laughs> <laughs> So we are This is never... exactly the same as in Dungeons and Daddies when Will Campos wouldn't shut the fuck up about Army of Two <laughs> for like a whole episode. <laughs> So, unlike the uh, Abramelin ritual, the Bornless ritual encourages the user the use of mind-altering substances and black magic practices to strengthen the magician's control over their own mental universe. Now, Crowley and Rose had both taken a number of psychedelic substances leading up to and during the ritual, including peyote and ayahuasca. It was during this ritual that an unexpected event would become the turning point in Crowley's life. During the ceremony, Rose began to mutter that the gods, particularly Horus, wanted to speak to him. The Horus wants to speak to you. So Crowley began An asking Egyptian her, god. Began asking her yeah. questions, and Rose, who to this sure. point... Like a Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> ...had shown no interest in magic or religion, was able to answer all of his questions. Crowley took this as a sign of a divine hand at work. After further rituals to invoke the god Horus, on April 7th, 1904... Crowley, with the help of Rose, had finally contacted what he was convinced was his guardian angel. 
Crowley stated that he heard an unearthly voice come from over his left shoulder. For an hour a night over the next three days, Crowley stated that the voice dictated to him the book of the law. Now, the book that would become the Bible for his new religion. So now we're doing Mormonism. Yes. It's, he's been given the plates. Mm-hmm. Here we go. He's translating them. Mm-hmm. John Jacob Jingleheimer, Jesus, got to the U.S. <laughs> in... So this being that spoke to him was an extraterrestrial by the name of Iowas. Huh? No, yep. just Iowas. Of course. The rose, the being, through Rose, the being told him that the slain and risen God, a.k.a. Jesus, had stepped off of the throne and a new God, known only as the crown uh, and conquering child, was taking his place. Damn, he named, he named his God after a, a TV show? What, The Crown? The and Crown. Crown? The Crown, yeah. Oh. The first tenant, <laughs> he had the, he had Netflix. What he was yeah, <laughs> for sure, for yes. sure. The first tenant of Crowley's new religion was "Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law," meaning that everyone should be able to live their life the way they want. Hey, yo, do what the fuck you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's very similar to uh, your your cult rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, <laughs> I uh, fucking go crazy. Do what the fuck yeah. you want to do. So go crazy, also a prince. Yeah, song, yeah, let's go crazy. Let's go. Crazy. Look for the purple banana till they put us in the truck. Absolutely. I'm go, what? That's the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. Look for the purple banana till they put us in the truck. Let's go. Rest in peace, Prince. We love you, man. Anyway, <laughs> that's so. not. Fr- Why did you hee hee? Prince. I know Prince is more like a. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, so do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law means that everybody should be able to live their life the way they want in order to engage in the life-changing encounters that would lead them to enlightenment and not be bound by dogmatic principles. Hey, don't fuck with the homie, but do what the fuck you want to do. That's yeah, the cult rules. That's so the cult rules. Crowley believed that... Who's it, the homie? Yes. So Crowley believed yep. that in order for one to communicate with their personal demons, one had to reach a level of enlightenment not easily attained. The only way to reach these levels was through the practicing of ritualistic sex magic. No way. Now, thought. oh my goodness. Now, devoting them, himself to the word of the messenger of Horus that called itself Iowas, Crowley Cut. would spend the next several years continuing his invocations of Iowas, Cut. honing what would come to be known as the law of Thelema. And it's here that we will pick up our story next week. Oh my God, we made it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, boy, <laughs> I haven't drank enough, Jen. For the, are you kidding me? We haven't Shoot. even gotten to the description of the sex magic yet. Boy, oh boy, that's gonna be. Yeah, we've only gotten time. through. And I, like I said, I have visual aids. So cool, oh, good. You so, did mention snacks and snacks. Yes. So, anyways, so we're gonna really wrap up this closing because we've got to record. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. A lot of you, you're 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 killing it with the listening to us, and we appreciate that. <laughs> You're crushing it. Thank you so much. You specifically, yes, you listening. You know who you are. I've you know never you seen are. anybody listen to us as good as you. Yes. You fucking <laughs> You're so good to us. That shit got me. That got me. I'm used to doing like closings where oh. we just prattle on and, and just do our normal shit. We still, the old stuff. I'm still used to that. So having the new, we put everything at the beginning is just throwing me. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Um, We will see you next week. I've been Don. I've been your eldritch accurate biblical angel.
Uh, I've been. Yeah, I'm a thank you to say Joshua Sir. <laughs> yeah, I've been Joshua. Yes. <laughs> I'm Sharknado Threes, and now devotions. Will Wiley, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.